You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jujitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a first degree black belt who trains at Legion's BJJ and Trap House BJJ, located in Tijuana, Mexico. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Bayer. What's up? What's up, my brother? Not much, man. Man, I, uh, first and foremost, man, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this episode with me today, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Not a problem, brother. Well, uh, let's get the ball rolling, man. Uh, if you want to formally introduce yourself again, by all means, and let's hear about your jujitsu journey. Oh, my name's Scott. Um, yeah, I'm living down here in San Diego slash Tijuana. Uh, originally from Montana. That's where, uh, where I got trap house set up. Um, I live full time down here, but I go back up there regularly uh, to visit the gym and train with the guys and promote people and stuff. Um, but it's pretty much uh, autonomous, you know, they don't need me too much, but it's just a bunch of my friends, you know, so I'm kind of there helping out when I can. Um, I got my black belt. I first started training in Washington in 2008, I got my black belt in Arizona in 2016. Yeah, 16, and then uh, or 17, 2017, and then uh, yeah, I've been living here, San Diego, for a few years uh, right before COVID started. Um, trained all over the all over the world, bunch of gyms, and uh, competed a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I never won worlds or nothing, but I'm no slouch either. <laughs> so, I, um, so I've talked to a couple of people that that's been, you know, that I guess you want to say like Jim Hopping. They've been like, uh, you know, they live in different states. They train at a lot of schools. Um, so you being a, a black belt, so I mean, you've been around the corner, you've been around the block a few times. So how can you? I mean, is that? You go and like you know visit different gyms. How did that help you shape your own game? Um. Well, I just uh, you know, I got to see. I think I, the first thing would be just seeing the different levels of what jujitsu can be. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, the first gym I trained at. Um, you know, it was kind of a new, newer spot. There wasn't a whole bunch of upper belts really at the time. You know, and I got my blue belt. I, you know, thought I was good or whatever, but you'd roll with some purple belts and stuff and you know, Oh, that guy's good. Um, but then sometimes I would travel, uh, and you get to roll with like a professional competitor and you get to see if there was just like a whole nother level to it. Um, and so I got to, got to see that. I also got to, to figure out that like there weren't any gyms that were magical or anything. Um, you know, just because you were like a color belt at such and such uh, reputable school didn't mean that you were some type of wizard. You know, I met a lot of tough guys at gyms you never heard of. And I met a lot of pretty average guys at super famous places. So I learned that um, that the gym doesn't make the athlete necessarily. Um, but also just that like 
there's levels to this, you know, um, there's some people that even like it now as a black belt, you roll with them and they make you feel like you don't even know jujitsu. So, Oh, Hey, before two, we go, um, I don't, I don't swear a lot, but I'm going to try not to. Is this like, does it matter? Uh, I'll let you know. Cause I think it's like the first <laughs> night. Cause I think it's like the first nine minutes you can't, or you, you're not, it's, to, you know, oh, you'll to, get demonetized or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just I'll be conscious of it. I will like monitor my own speech, but I just want to know. He said, he said real quick because <laughs> I almost just I almost just swore like four times trying to tell that first story. So I need to I need to know. Gotcha. Know? Gotcha. But yeah, it's like the first ten minutes, but it depends on the vulgarity of the words. But you should be you should be fine. You should be All fine. Right. Okay. But um. You know, just to you know what you were what you were saying about like the different levels of uh, jujitsu, um, I see. You know, I've I got a chance to witness that. Like, you know, not every blue, purple, brown, black belt is made the same. You know, yeah. you got like if you get your black belt, that means you understand jujitsu enough. But at the same time, that does not like you said, that doesn't make you like a superhero. Because I've I've rolled with some savage blue belts. Some savage white belts, some you know, savage brown belts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And on the same turn, you know, roll with someone that's like that's an upper belt, and it's like, hmm, okay. All right, you know, <laughs> made yeah, you question yeah. some, it made you question some things, or you know, our or like, you know, just from people's demeanor and conversations, like it just makes you wonder. But yeah, there's levels, levels within the levels of this when it comes to jujitsu. For sure. Yeah, so so um so how often do you how often do you compete now as a as a black belt? Uh not not as much as I would like to as a as a black belt. Um the the first reason is uh it's just like I'm broke down here in Southern California. Um I don't have like any type of real legit career or anything uh off the mats. I'm like kind of a bum. I don't make a ton of money and um I got a wife and uh, we're just, you know, trying to make it down here. So I don't have a bunch of money to throw at competitions um, mm-hmm. since they're expensive. But also, you know, even even the times I do have money and I look around, you know, I'll check the registrations before, you know, I drop 100 or whatever on a tournament. And I'll see that there's like two or three guys in my bracket. You know, um, I mm. compete at like masters or masters two for IBJJF. Um, but I'm willing to go adult too. And like, you know, I'll, I'll look at all those options for myself. And there's like each bracket has like, you know, a handful of guys in it for more of the local or, or semi regional things. And it, it's kind of hard to want to do that, you know. Uh, yeah. You don't get a lot of bang for your buck. You know, I can go to open math for free. And get like 12 hard rounds with a bunch of good guys and it's free you know yeah but the big tournaments are worth it like i you know nogi worlds i did nogi worlds like last year and that was expensive but totally worth it you know it had a big bracket everybody was good and it was it was a ton of fun so i think now um i'm gonna probably try to compete like maybe five or six times a year max and just try to focus on like the bigger tournaments yeah yeah, that's um, we always talk about that when it comes to competing, especially at like uh, the upper belt uh, ranking, because, you know, by the time you hit purple, the it, the list gets thin. 
So because yeah, you know, we get like uh, up in Detroit, we'll get like Naga. Um, we get uh, Grappler Industries and Fuji every now and then, but not not as not as often as the other two. But yeah, like we would check is like one match, like you know, it's a best two out of three, or you know, you or somebody might get bumped up from another bracket, but just for you to be there all day just to get like one or two matches for the for the amount of money you spend is like, yeah, no. Yeah, it's I not don't. not appealing. Man, I work on Saturdays too. You know, I do Uber and Grubhub and stuff on Saturdays. So like, you know, I I got what don't make that money and then I pay for the tournament and you just made a great point about how you're there all damn day you know it's not like a four-hour thing it's like eight hours for six minutes of action you know right yeah man it's it's a it's a drag man especially if you're doing gi and no gi oh god i hear Cause, you dude because you don't because it's like it's you don't know what time you need to actually be there because you'll say one thing but you come to find out like four or five matches before your time ended early or didn't happen. So your time got bumped up and now you're disqualified because you're not there. Yep. So I've seen some weird stuff, man. I think the weirdest thing I've seen was one guy, uh, he was in the middle of his absolute match and got called for another match. And he got disqualified because he wasn't, because he wasn't there. Did he hear it? Like, was he on the match and then he like heard his name? Or yeah, he he was in the middle of his he was in the middle of the match talking to the ref like, hey, they calling me over there. Like, let them know I'm, I'm over here. But yeah, they don't care. <laughs> like, they already got that guy's money, right? They're just like, sorry, dude, you're right. dude. See you next year. That's yeah. yeah. That's that's wild, man. That is so wild. We like I I don't even know what to think about it because like I love the aspect of competing, but unless yeah, like you said, unless you're doing something like Worlds or you know something of that high caliber, you kind of have to pick and choose what you what you do because you gotta you want to get your money's worth, you want to get your time's worth. So like yeah, I'd rather go to a gym and maybe have to pay a twenty five dollar drop in fee, or they just you know you might just be able to go just for the love of it and roll like you said with 12, 12 guys and. Be happy. Yep. You gotta, you gotta sure. waste nine Absolutely, hours. Man. You gotta waste like no, like nine hours where you don't want to be. So. Yeah, sucks. It it does. It definitely does. You say does. you say you're in De- Detroit is is where you are. Is there a IBJJF like a Detroit Open? Do they have that? No, and no, I don't think so. That's weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's like three three hundred thousand or something or eight hundred thousand living there, right? The size of Detroit, yeah. Well, they got they got one in in Boise, Idaho. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why not Detroit, but yeah, there's it's it's surprising. Like I say, like like we get Fuji every now and then. I've seen um, there's another is a, is it is it American Grappling Industries AGF? Yeah, yeah, that one that one comes sporadically, but it's mainly like we'll get. Um, Naga and uh, Grapple the Industries maybe like three, maybe like three, three times a year each, give or take yeah. or something like that. But we have like Ohio right next door to us, so that's not too bad of a drive. So. Yeah, at least you're close to some bigger cities. You can go to Chicago or something or Minneapolis or whatever. That's true, man. That's true. But that's a but that's another thing you have to think about traveling. Do I really want to travel? You know, four or five yeah. hours for one match. 
I'm like, I'm not getting paid for this. Yeah. this is- <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. It sucks in Montana. Like my my friends up there, like there's no tournaments. They we just in the last like two or three years started getting a grappling industries and an AGF, like one of each, I think, per year. And then the closest closest thing is like Boise, eight hours, Seattle's eight hours, Denver's ten to twelve. You know, it's like just a a wasteland up there as far as having access to tournaments sucks yeah it's like even looking for like local in-house tournaments is kind of like rare well that's that's the real solution honestly is like uh gyms starting to run their own in-house events be a great way to cut cost and cut time expended and all kinds of stuff yeah We, we get um we have another event here uh grapple grapple at the temple is one that's starting to pick up here. Um, nice. And there's one more. One more. I can't think of the Midwest name of it. No. It... Nope, it's not them. No, it's not, it's not them. I haven't heard that name before. Okay. I'm looking right at... Um, it, 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 the name escapes me, but I know before right. I'm gonna try to remember before the before the end of this episode. But yeah, it, it's not it's not too many as you think would think in such a busy city like Detroit. Yeah. So, and with the you know schools are popping up every every week or so. It seems like uh, we got we just got a um, a tenth planet in tenth planet here. Well, there's a couple that I didn't even know, but yeah, like 10th planets are starting to pop up close by here now. Yeah, they're everywhere, man. Man, everywhere. <laughs> What's the, <laughs> is it 10th planet Detroit? I know there was one in like Saginaw. There's, I believe there's one in Saginaw, but there's, uh, it's um 10th planet uh, Royal Oak. Okay, that's like a Detroit oh. suburb. Yeah, it's like 10, like 15 minutes away from me or something of the sort. Not too, not too far. Yeah. What gym do you train at? Uh, I train at um, H2O Martial Arts. Nice. We're, we're a very small school. Like it's like maybe like ten of us or so. On, a, on a good day. We, yeah, man. I like it though. I like the, I like the small class. Um, a little bit more intimate. You, you know, you get to get more detail with like techniques. But I yeah. also do like the pace of a larger class. Yeah. Because. Man, I I started cross training um, at one of uh, one of a friend of mine's school, and some of their competition drills. Man, like I'm not used to it, so it was just like go 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 for like a, a whole ninety minutes. I'm like, dude, like y'all do in ninety minutes would probably take us like a week to do a class. That's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have a lot of bodies. You know, you can get a lot done with a lot of people on the mats. True, true. I, I that's why I'm starting to I'm starting to like the aspect of a large school because even though you know you roll with these people every day, which you have in a large number, you still have room to kind of like play around with your game, or you need to just like really develop versus a smaller class where you're rolling with the same two three people every single day. You kind of feel a little stagnant. Yeah, you get way too familiar with them. Right, and I'm. And I'm starting to, and I'm starting to see that now. So I was like, yeah, man, I gotta find ways to like bump it up like my training. I'm already busy as is, but like, yeah, one more, one, two more days of jujitsu won't hurt. Hell yeah. 
that's what I keep telling myself, but my wallet's like, yeah, dog, sit down somewhere. That's <laughs> yeah, expensive. It can't get expensive, man. It can't get expensive, but hey, it's it's the sacrifices that we are willing to make for the things that we love. Hell yeah. So and I wouldn't I wouldn't change that for the world, man. No way. Nah, not no no way, no how. Oh man. So what's so um, what was I about to ask? So you being a first degree black belt, you've been training for a long time, man. Um, what I guess, what kind of like, like some of the changes have you seen in jujitsu that really like surprised you? Um, that surprised me. I I remember back in the in like my earlier days, um, at least where I was training at, uh that leg locks weren't didn't like nobody believed in them really there you know it wasn't like like we didn't know they existed they were like yeah you can do it but i remember for sure i remember them being described as low percentage you know they're like yeah you can try, like if you're desperate you can try a leg lock you know but it was like recommended as like more of a not a desperation move but just not something to to build a game around so that's definitely changed a lot and wrestling seems to have really like gained a foothold in grappling. People are seeing that wrestling is super valuable, but that's also because of, uh, cause Nogi has gotten pretty big. Yeah. Um, everybody, a lot of people act like Nogi is only a few years old, but I mean, ever since I, I started in 2008 and it was always Nogi like two or three days a week, you know, and a bunch of people preferred that over, over the gi. So you know, that's always been a part of my training, but, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I guess I, not much of it's been super surprising or anything. Uh, I thought, I thought that, um, like the Midwest of the U S would kind of blow up more because they have a strong wrestling culture and cause like the cost of living is low and it seems like a good place to be a jujitsu athlete. You know, so I thought maybe by now there would be like, not to say there's not, but just that um, there'd be a lot more like representation from from the Midwest. You know, it just seems to be still pretty heavily focused on the coast, you know, New York and Southern California and now Austin, you know, but it's coming. It's coming for sure. Yeah, solely but surely, man, solely but surely. But I, I I remember having conversations with other black belts that talk about that, like how leg lock was so frowned upon back then. It was like, you know, jujitsu is supposed to be from the waist up. If you attack the legs, you're, you know, that's, you know, it's looked at as dirty. Like I look at people who do wrist locks, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, man, but it's, but it is cool to see that it has evolved into something bigger than what I would have ever projected to be. Um, like you said, especially with the no-gi combat, you know, with combat jujitsu now is, a, you know, the thing that's buzzing and just starting to see jujitsu come, like, you know, kind of like being pushed to the front, man. And it's pretty, it's pretty, it's been pretty cool to see. Pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's blown up. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where, where this will be in like in another, you know, what, five, five, ten years. Do you think it'll be like in ten, five or ten years, do you think it'll be a lot bigger than it is now. Do you think like twice as big as it is now? I think it, I think it, I think it will be. Cause I think with, 
you know, you're starting to see like a surge of 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 people of all cultures, even celebrities are starting to like fall into this sport. Um, and then you like you look up and you think like, oh wow, this person been training for 10 years under the radar, and you know, no one never noticed. But yeah, I think it's probably be something we would probably see in mainstream sports, you know, kind of like push towards like how UFC is. Cause you know, uh, one is doing a phenomenal job with their with their you know their their jujitsu. So it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, I hope it gets so. bigger. That's for sure. Right, because I is is because I'm always happy to see that people love a sport as much as I you know much as I do. Definitely. Yeah, man. So um. So what else, what else has been going on with you in this in this in your jujitsu journey, man? Uh, well, I don't know. Um, I'm getting older, uh, but I'm still not <laughs> gonna do steroids. You know, I'm trying not to do that. I see a lot of people uh, now talk about it more and more openly, like that. Once you hit like a certain age, it's just time to do it you know mm-hmm. it's like just acknowledge and and it's interesting now seeing a lot of more of the athletes being like a lot more honest about it they're just like yeah you know everybody like all the a lot of the highest level people are juicing to some extent um and even the younger athletes but i guess you feel however you know you want to feel about that i guess it's technically illegal for the most part but you could also say that because it's becoming more widespread that people are doing it a little more responsibly. Like mm-hmm. now you can go to all those, um, with like aging clinics or whatever they call them. You know, I know Craig talks about it on his podcast all the time, but you can like, now you can get steroids from the doctor, like a lot more easily, like HGH or test or whatever. And that again, like it's not really my thing, but it, at least people are being safer about it. You know, they're not blowing their hearts up. So that's kind yeah. of a, sort of a positive, I guess. <laughs> it's just sort of kind of a positive, you know, a positive. Yeah. But that's, that's still weird to me, man. Like um, when you, when you heard like, you know, people are popping for, for, in, you know, enhancements and stuff like that. But it's like, is it really that serious? But I guess when you put so much time and heart to something, man, you don't want you don't want to feel like you're you're you know you're backsliding because you're aging. You don't want to feel like you know you, yeah. you still want to keep that reputation. So I guess I understand it, but I don't know. You just got to be honest. Like I think you definitely, at the very least, however you feel about it, you can't lie to people and say that you're not when you are. Right. I think that's not up for debate really but as like i said I, i'm competing at the higher age groups now and like some of these dudes are super juiced and it's like it's just their hobby you know it's like you know i know you just train like a few times a week and you know you're like not even a black belt or whatever but these dudes are like just juiced to the gills you know and that seems a little bit corny. Like they're getting a little bit too serious about it at that point. And then their technique like kind of sucks. Usually like the, <laughs> the more they rely on PEDs, like 
the less confident they are in their technique or the more the technique actually isn't that good, you know? Right. There's a bunch of killers, like, in the Masters divisions now, and, like, I don't think they're really using that much, like, um, like Formiga or, um, I don't know, you can list a bunch of, like, the older, like, OG black belts. Like, hey, a lot of those dudes probably aren't on the sauce, don't really need to be because they just have really, really good jiu-jitsu, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not going to be the difference maker for them. Right. And even if you do the steroids, like, like even if I, like, did a bunch of juice, like, I'm not going to, that's not going to make me be Formiga, you know? It's not happening, so. Yeah, no, nah, that's, it's, that's not going to help at all. No. I mean, but yeah, it's, it's true, man. Just got to be honest, because I feel like regardless of how you look at it, you know, if it, if it comes out that you, if, you know, if, if it comes out that you, that you are using these substances, like your, your reputation is going to be shit anyway. Especially if you get caught, then you stop doing it, and then you have another match, and you just get washed. Then it's like, okay, are you are you really ready to risk that? Are you really like really ready to risk that type of of tarnish on your uh, on your legacy? Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Yeah, if you go off it and then you suck, or you, you know, like yeah, that's that's a bad look for sure. But a lot of these dudes, like I noticed, uh, Cyborg, like he since he got suspended from IBJJF, now he's like just doing other, other promotions, you know, and he's just on like more steroids than ever. Like he's even bigger than he's ever been. He's like just growing, and he's like forty or something. But Mika, I also noticed too that Mika Galvo, the the nineteen or twenty year old kid, like if I. I'm seeing it right. He's like back in IBJJF already. And he was supposed to be suspended for like a year or two, but he's like down in Brazil doing a bunch of IBJJF events. So I don't really know if it was like a retroactive suspension or something. And it wasn't that long, but he's already like. Yeah, I know he was suspended, but I know, I know he was back competing. I seen it on Instagram. I I think they're current. Like, I think it's, it's not like old footage or anything. But I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I like you know, I'm I would be I would consider myself a a, a hobbyist. Um, I'm not I'm not the type of person to feel like I have to be the best in this and you know take on the whole entire world. I do the sport because I love it. I like to teach and everything. But yeah, you know, those people who take it to those extremes just to be at local tournaments, just to say you watched some people is like, come on, dude, is it really, really that necessary? Yeah. But. Those guys always have a certain kind of personality too. Like there's nobody that's like chill and humble and cool. That does a bunch of steroids. It's always like some guy that's got other problems. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all sauced out. Yeah. Cause I, I cause I've never, I've never ran into someone at a tournament or talk to someone, you know, regarding jujitsu that made me think like, man, this dude's a dick. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, this dude is a great A douchebag. Like he probably juices or he probably do whatever. Everyone has been that even high level competitors just like, yeah, no, I just train a lot. I just train every single day. Yeah. And it, and it, and it shows versus like you said, those people that kind of almost turn back into white belts. If you really want to, think about it like they're very very you know they they 
buck wild. They're, you know, just like a bull in the tennis shop and just muscling and strength and everything. Like, man, like you went, you went to a black belt to turn to act like a white belt. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Definitely. Because I, because I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I've seen those type of matches, man. Like when you see like some high level competitors, it's very, very smooth. It's very methodical and slow. But when you get the muscles and you know these these high level competitors, it's it's wild, it's scrappy, it's like you know two rabid dogs trying to you know bite each other's heads off. Yeah, so they have all the muscle, and they're like, "Well, I should probably use it. Like, I'm really strong. I should try to overpower this guy or something." Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so unnecessary, man. So unnecessary. You, everything okay? Yeah, I'm just watching people uh, walking behind my car. I'm in my car. I mean, I know you can tell, but it's like my studio or whatever. I'm just watching people. Because <laughs> a little earlier, I thought I heard a car accident. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> you probably did, man. I don't know. Somebody probably crashed. There was, right before we got on the podcast, there was a dude in the parking lot just, like, revving his Harley. And I was worried that I was going to have to, like, move. Cause he was doing it for like five minutes and he wouldn't stop, but he left like right before we, uh, we got on the call, he finally took off. So hopefully somebody like that doesn't come back. I'm sorry if they do. I know. Oh no, it's, it's fine, man. It's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt much, okay. but, uh, so I mean, I know you said you were, uh, married, uh, earlier. So do your wife, does she train as well? Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, kind of, she, all right. So we met, out of jujitsu school uh i was working at legion this is right before covid Mm -hmm. i've been in town for a few months and uh i was the janitor at the gym so i was there at night cleaning and she came pounding on the on the glass door she just wanted some information she was like thinking about signing up to train um so i took her information down and i kept her phone number and uh, <laughs> and uh, Smooth. well, hey, she messaged me first, okay. But but I was but I I told her, you know, I was like I was scheming on you from the start. But um, so we met like through jujitsu, and and she was gonna train, and who knows how that would affect the relationship, you know? Because I was like an instructor there too, and you know you can't like, you know, make passes at students and stuff like that's really not acceptable. So she would have signed up. I couldn't, I couldn't have like pursued her, you know, but it was like a blessing in disguise that COVID happened and the gym just stopped. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we, you know, the rest is history. We ended up getting married and stuff after that. Um, but she loves, she loves training. She loves MMA. She watches like all the fights and, uh, you know, at some point, you know, when we get a little more time, she definitely wants to train. We bought her a gi, hasn't worn it yet, you know, but we're just oh. like, we're swamped, you know, but yeah. she'll get in there eventually. I got to get her training. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Because I, I I was um, scrolling through Instagram the other day and there was a guy on there, uh, there was like this little podcast and he was talking about, you know, uh, why you shouldn't date no one in the gym. And that was like, you know, kind of one of the reasons. 
And I'm like, yeah, because you kind of have to think of this as a, as a, you know, like your job, so to speak. Like, you know, you're not supposed to date your coworkers or anything like that because, yeah, once you guys break up, then somebody has you know, to go. Somebody has to go. And you know, y'all being this, you know, being this, you y'all both being established at this place, like, yeah, I, I couldn't know. How would that work? It's it's hard because I think. I mean, there's always a chance, too, that people could date at the gym. And then if they split up, like, it's um, amicable, you know, and they still both stay at the gym. And it's not really a problem for anybody. That's always a possibility. Um, But also, we can't deny, like, how many relationships start at work or at the gym or whatever, you know. And, uh, I mean, you can make whatever rules you want against it but it's gonna happen like there's no yeah, it's gonna happen. yeah so maybe to some extent like you have to i just place like parameters around it rather than try to just ban it outright you know right but i don't know i've never seen it. too many issues with that in my life definitely seen a lot of people like date at the gym and stuff um i've seen people meet and get married um I see, you know, seen people start families and stuff because they met each other at a gym. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think I've ever seen it go really bad, or at least not that I was aware of. Seen like a nasty breakup where like it spilled over into the wait. Okay, I just thought of one time, but one time <laughs> in like fifteen years where it was ever an issue, you know. So right, I mean that's still good eyes, yeah. That's still good odds, cause uh, my uh, one of my training partners, he met his wife on the mats. They got married. You know, they have a beautiful little daughter now. So yeah, it, like you said, you you can't you can try to prevent it all you want to, but it's going to happen. Yeah, I think the the bigger thing, which of course is like a topic that's like just over discussed, is just like you can't be predatory at the gym. You can't be like an instructor and like abusing that station of power that's like the thing i think that isn't cool but if a couple like white belts or blue belts date each other i don't think you can like forbid that you know that's weird right you got the no the the instructor dating a new white belt then we we gotta gotta you know draw some red flags around here (laughs) we had this program at uh at legion they do like a beginner's course it's like six weeks or something and mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago, this boyfriend and girlfriend, they were already a couple, you know, they would show up together to the gym and they took the beginner's course together. And the guy, he was like, I don't know, he wasn't super athletic or anything, but for some reason, his girlfriend was like naturally really good at jiu-jitsu. And they weren't like too far off in size, you know, it was maybe like 20 or 25 pounds between them. And, uh, and the girl, like, was legit better than her boyfriend. Like, she could smoke him in a match, like, head up. And uh, that was kind of weird. And I always wondered what happened to him. Like, I haven't <laughs> seen him since COVID. But I was just wondered, like, what if she if she was just beating his ass at, on the mats and was like, I can't see that, you know? Or, like, or if he quit because, like, what if he was embarrassed, you know? Like, I just wonder how it affected the their dynamic if they're still together, you know? I, Oh, the realm of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, she was good. Like, she was just one of those people that was, like, you just show her a move and she could do it perfect. And he was, like, a little bit 
bad, you know, like he, I don't think came from an athletic background and she like, and she was like, she would kick his ass too. She wasn't like nice. Like she would like jump on his back and like, just like choke him hard and stuff. Like she would go all out on him and I felt super bad for him, but oh well. Yeah, we, I've seen that sort of kind of happen uh, too. Uh, we had a, we had a married couple um, that, that joined jujitsu. I think he, I think it was one of those moments like where he wanted to join and she just kind of like did it as support. And, you know, she, she would come to class and she would just kind of like watch for a minute and she ended up eventually ended up joining. And yeah, just like that, she just started to take off. She started, you know, you know, her, you know, she started getting the basics down. And then she's like, I remember one day she's like, yeah, I think I, I think I want to try to roll. And it's like okay, and she got out there and she tried it, but yeah, it's like he like he had the love for her. She kind of was like uh, eh. and then she got a taste of life. I think she got addicted, but then he started to like fall off. So they then they they had stopped coming. But that's it's weird that that happens that way. <laughs> yeah, every relationship's different, you know. Right, because even my wife trains. We we were you know married prior to me started training, but. It's just like now, you know, she she's starting to get a little bit more comfortable, get more comfortable rolling. And I, I'm, I'm kind of like noticing myself. I have to like pick it up a little bit now. I can't just be, you know, just lazily doing stuff. I'm like, oh, she's actually trying. OK, let me let me stop playing now. <laughs> yeah. Put the pressure on, man. Just like cross face hard. And- yeah. Like, my wife fights hey. dirty like when we like train a little bit she's like just does all the cheapest stuff like intuitively like yeah just she's all all elbows and like yes just like crazy aggression she's like very like mean like bloodthirsty when she rolls so yeah same, same thing you know digging you know digging into the ribs you know elbow to the ribs yeah. to the side of the face you know it, yeah. And you're trying to take it easy, like you're trying to be cool, and they're just like pulling all yeah. the things on you. Yeah. <laughs> Bogus. Yeah, because we were rolling. I I forgot what day it was, but we we're like, you know, just playing around, and she's in my guard, and she's trying to pass guard, but I'm like talking to someone else, and next thing you know, I just feel her like just start to grind her her elbow across, you know, down my thigh to my knee, and hit a, you know, a, a cutter pass. And I was just like, oh, okay. So this is how we're going to play now. And so <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. So I know not to go easy on you now, but yeah, it's, it's funny, man, but it's cool. But it's, it's also amazing too. Like I love to see women in jujitsu because it seems like they may have like the hardest startup time, but when they catch on, man, they just take off. They yeah, so damn quickly. I think they're just in not to general overgeneralize, but I think a lot of women are like better at learning, um, especially physical stuff. You know, they're not they don't have like maybe as much ego to get over. Like they're not super concerned with like getting tapped or like not or not not looking tough on the mats. They seem to have like a little bit better disposition to be like like a yeah. new student in jiu-jitsu they're just like well i don't know like teach me and you know they're a lot more i think malleable in in not every case but in most cases you know they're they're like good students you know yeah i definitely see it in kids class for sure little girls 
man, if I could have a class full of little girls, dude. Well, they're stronger too. <laughs> like an eight-year-old girl will like beat up at most eight-year-old boys, you know. Oh most yeah. Dude, I I remember um the last uh grappling industry tournament that I was at. Obviously, I was there early watching the kids match. And uh, this one guy, this one kid, I think he had about eight or nine. He's, you know, he's wrestling with the, you know, he's going with this other kid. He hits his throw and he's doing all this stuff and he gets up a little bit cocky. So I was like, okay, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a problem. His next match, he goes up against a girl. And when I tell you, she destroyed him so quickly. <laughs> and it it is like, you saw the fear come over his eyes because he was just, he was on this high. He had this, you know, this nice little takedown, nice little submission. So, he's, you know, next, you know, he's going to get the girl. So he was kind of like, you know, like, ah, whatever. But she got a hold of him and went to work. <laughs> and I sit there like, you know how, you know, like when something happens, you look around and see if anybody's watching you. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Like, that's what happened. I'm just looking at him like, yeah, that that is, yeah. It happened. That's real life right there, sir. You'll That's never real life forget. right there. That's going to stay with him forever. <laughs> it's, it's best that he got it out early. <laughs> yeah. Early in his, his life. Because it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. I promise. For sure. Man. All right, Scott, man. So uh, we have a staple here at Talking With Just Podcast, man. We ask everybody that comes on the show. Uh, your top three people, man, you know, past or present, who would you love to get a chance to roll with? Uh, you got to say Prime Hickson, like number one. Probably everybody says that. Like, you just got to know if the 400 no is real. Uh, man, I think, um, I'll, I mean, I'm going to pick Gordon Ryan. Uh, you got to know what that would feel like. Um, I know he's super strong and stuff, but I also think he's got like, like amazing technique so probably want to roll with gordon um i mean there's so many people to choose from i rolled but i already trained with a lot of like really famous people you know so i like mm -hmm. i had all those ass kickings i think um, <laughs> i'm trying to think of somebody i mikey musumechi would be kind of cool it'd be cool to feel his game yes uh Maybe Fion, Fion Davies would be cool because she's maybe like the best pound for pound female right now. Um, oh, no. Okay. Third one. I'll take that Helena Jiu Jitsu girl, the Helena Krivar from Gordon's. So yeah. I'll yes. go to Roca and train with her and Gordon on the same day. She, I shoot heel hook me. I guarantee she'll catch me in a heel hook at least once. You know, like there's no way I can be as good at legs as her, but that would be a, a really interesting role to, to her. So I'll take Hickson, Gordon. Helen Krivar. That'd be my you're the first favorite. person. You're the first person to mention her. She's dude, she's so good. She is a monster. Yeah. A monster. She has to I, the, people saying it, but now it's like it's only from here on out, it's only like she's only fighting black belt world champs, I think, from now on. Like right, because she's because she, she's what a what a is she belt. now? Yeah, she's a blue belt. Yeah, blue or purple, which yeah, whatever that means, like whatever right. that's supposed to be. <laughs> um, it's it's just an indicator of age, I guess. But yeah, man, I mean, nobody there's there's no brown belt in the world that can hang with her. You know, no. that's not even on the table. 
So it'll you be interesting when, to see what her career. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, I was, I kind of, I don't even know how I stumbled across her page, and I'm watching some of her matches, and I'm like, dude, this can't, she can't be real. Like she cannot be real. And then yeah. you know, um, I think earlier this year, there's when she, you know, she moved, so she started training with Gordon and then Danaher and all of them. I'll say, oh, okay, just take a a cup of gasoline and add fire to it. Okay, I see what you, I see what you guys doing. And yeah, I don't remember where yeah. she was at before that. I don't remember what uh, even what state she was living in. I don't know if she's from Texas, but yeah, I mean, she's probably on track to be the best ever in like a few years. You know, she's going to be the next Gordon, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, she, I don't know. Maybe not. She's yeah. in the right hands. She, <laughs> she's definitely definitely in, under the right people, man. Yeah. I can't wait to see what she does. Yeah, very, very excited to see uh, her, her career flourish. But, uh, Scott, man, unless you got any um, other questions for me, man, I would love to, you know, for you to shout out your school, shout out anyone that you – you know, you know, anybody in particular, if you got anything coming up for you, man, you know, the floor is all yours. Uh, man, I had a bunch of tournaments planned, but uh, had a rough go. I lost all my money, so I'm gonna, it's going to be a little while before I compete. I'm going to do um, a cash bracket here in September in San Diego, uh, hoping for Noki Worlds. Um, for shout outs, uh, shout out Trap House our gym up in Montana. Uh, we're like a co-op and, um, I think we're onto something really good up there. Uh, we only charge 50 bucks a month and, um, it's been that way. Yeah. From the start, that's our, the whole point of the gym is, is just to have like good cheap training. Um, it's like a little special business model we came up with. We got several black belts now, several upper belts, we got the most in that town, that town up in Montana, we got the most upper belts, the most black belts. Uh, we just moved for the second time in three years, you know, so we're, we're constantly growing, That's uh, we're constantly gaining members. Yeah. Now we have a facility that rivals anybody else in town and we're a third of the price of the next least expensive gym. You know, everybody's above 150 or 160. Now we're trying to keep it at 50 because we believe in that. I think that if we really want to see jujitsu grow, um, we got to see the price come down. There's a lot of people all over the U S that, that can't afford to train as adults, but more importantly, like they can't afford to put their kids in jujitsu. You know, it's, it's super expensive and it doesn't need to be. And we're kind of trying to prove that, you know, so Shout out Trap House on Instagram is Trap House BJJ or Trap House Jiu Jitsu. Look it up. So, yeah, definitely, man. But I would, you know, <clears throat> I would love to, you know, have you back on at a future date, man, to, you know, to get an update on what's going on with you, man. And, you know, like you said, I, I, I love that, that motto because, yeah, because trying to, you know, pay for your tuition. If you got kids, you know, you're trying to pay for their tuition. And like you say, it can get very, very expensive. So I don't think I've ever heard um, someone say that their school is only 50 bucks a month, which is. It's doable. Everybody said we do. Everybody said we couldn't do it. Like we all 
set out, you know, kind of announced our intention and tons and tons of people on Reddit and locally, you know, just said like, man, like you're not going to make it. That's a stupid idea. And here we are like three years later, we just had our three year anniversary in the first part of August and it just keeps getting bigger. You know, we have the best, oh. best schedule, best coaches. So hopefully I want to try to do something like that in San Diego. Eventually uh, real estate's a little more expensive, but I think, I think we can do something similar down here. Maybe not 50 bucks, but definitely like 75 or something. It can be done. So yeah, it can definitely cool. be done. And, and trap house is the proof of that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Look it up. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate you, man, coming on. And if you like whatever, whatever you got going on with you, man, in the future, man, please let me know. Like I said, I would love to have you back on and talk to you about it and hope everything works out with you. Um, uh, if we ever decide to open up a new spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm getting kind of close. Um, starting a garage team now, but thanks. I really appreciate you having me on, uh, hit me up on Reddit. That was cool that you just reached out to anybody. You know, it seems like on jujitsu podcasts, you just hear the same people over and over again. So I think it's really cool that you are out there looking for some voices that, uh, that don't get hurt. Like there's so many super, super interesting people doing jujitsu, you know, that have crazy yeah. backstories and all kinds of expertise and stuff. So I think you should keep doing it, man. Like you should be the, the podcast that has on like, you know, unique guests. I think it's really cool. So I appreciate that. Man, a lot, I, I appreciate it, man. That's my goal, man. Um, that's, that's always been the goal. That's, you know, I say that to anybody that asks, I love talking to people that does that does jujitsu, the average Joe that does jujitsu. Because, like you said, you hear the the same five people on you know on these bigger uh, platforms, but you know just being able to give smaller people like us a voice and let you know let our stories be told, I want to be that. So, I appreciate it. Oh yeah, man. All right, well, it, I'm I'm down anytime, you know. So if you ever want to do it again, just let me know. Yeah, man. Like I said, I will. I definitely will let you know. <clears throat> and that's the uh, end of today's episode. I would love to thank Scott one more time for coming on the show and blessing us with his jujitsu knowledge. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube channels to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. <laughs>